Welcome to another episode of Emerald Echo, a Green Lantern podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam. And with me is my co-host, Donnie, the Emerald Enthusiast. Donnie? Hey, what's up, Lantern fans? It's the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd in green, here to talk to you about Green Lantern number four. Awesome. Indeed we are. And I should mention, uh, it's going to be pretty obvious if you're watching this, but I said podcast. It's also a vidcast. So if you're watching, well, you already knew that. And if you're just listening, well, it's still just a podcast for you. But that's okay. Either way, you listen to our ramblings. We appreciate it. Yes. Um, you listen to the hard podcasting heroes, and we are appreciative of your fandom. Indeed. Indeed. So, uh, Donnie, uh, before we get into Green Lantern number four, <coughs> um, there is a bit of... Big or live action, I should say, not big screen, but live action, uh, Green Lantern adjacent kind of news. So, what's going on? The latest development from the Arrowverse is that we saw Diggle show up on the Flash, and he's continuing to have the headaches, but they are increasing. And we also saw a scene where he was fighting Godspeed. <coughs> And he crumpled to the ground, and we heard these alien voices, seemingly alien voices, saying, worlds await, worlds await. So it seems to be that he is continuing his road to becoming some version of Jon Stewart. We did not see that on the show. Maybe we'll see that on Lois and Clark or with another crossover. I know some Green Lantern fans are frustrated with how slowly this is developing, but at least it seems like there's an end game now, sure. not the Avengers end game, but there's an end game for the character. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I was kind of wondering, it seems like you're right, that the, the headaches could be something to do with either his transition to becoming a Green Lantern or his initial apparent refusal to the ring, uh, of the ring, which which is what um, the actor has talked about, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, but my explanation for his headaches was he, he just watched the Leafs for a playoff run, and that's why he's <laughs> got a headache. God knows. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> God knows I still got a headache from that. Uh, but I digress. Um, really, my, my blue energy of hope is waning where the leaves are concerned, Donnie. It's uh, yeah, I need a I need a charge of the battery. <laughs> you need you need um, a little bit of Saint Walker, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, certainly. Um, but no, I, look, it's cool. I hope it happens that we eventually do see him as a version of John Stewart. I think it would be a massive missed opportunity if they end up doing nothing with it. Right. Well, um, and I, I will. I need to point this out too. Cecile kind of tight. Uh, Cecile tapped into Diggle when he was having one of these headaches, and she said, "That's more than just a headache. It's like a hurricane." And then she said, "Nope, not even that. It, what I felt was infinite." And so that seemed to suggest, you know, the Green Lantern Corps, which has existed for billions of years. Yeah, that it's the energy that she felt that is tapped into his brain. So yeah. It seems that that is the end game now that Diggle will become some version of John Stewart, the Green Lantern. So. Now, keep in mind also, this could be something that happens next season. Yes. Because hopefully filming will be somewhat easier. 
in terms of restrictions with the pandemic that we had all of this past season, you know. And again, so I realize a lot of people are frustrated with how slowly this is developing. I get it. So I understand that aspect of it. But we also but, have to understand that there were other issues, factors that played it. You know, it changed a lot of the plans this past season. So, yeah. you know, sometimes real life doesn't cooperate the way we want it to. And we just got to roll with it, right? Right. And that was the case with this. But hopefully it's leading to somewhere. I'd like to see it. Like, mm -hmm. I've kind of tuned out to The Flash at the moment. Like, I watched the 150th episode with The Flash family, although, mm -hmm. you know, there's a certain rumor of something happening that I certainly won't be all that um, <laughs> pleased with, but I, I digress. Um, but I'll watch Again, I, I don't necessarily think we're going to see any, any developments on The Flash. I think it'll either be... Superman and Lois, or well, there is a also that five-part crossover with the Flash next season, right? Yeah, so it could be something. That's yeah. Why, yeah. yeah, that's why I'm thinking that that could be a thing. Uh, um, so, but like I said, I'm, 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 I hope, as a longtime fan of the John Diggle character and how they sort of teased him as, you know, John Stewart. I want to see that paid off for sure. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Well, and, and I really do believe he would, he will be a good, uh, a great John Stewart, in fact. I think so, that, yeah, the way things will work out eventually, it's going to be positive. I just understand the frustration of the, the pace that this has happened with. So let's just say, for now, that Berg, until we find otherwise, John Diggle eventually turning into Green Lantern forever, from the first headache to the last. <laughs> Very <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> I did it. All right. So that's all we have, really, in terms of Green Lantern official information. We may be getting an official casting announcement regarding Sinestro on the show soon. Mm -hmm. There's a name being banded about, but I don't want to mention it now because it's for right now it's rumor. So we'll wait till it's confirmed, and then we'll talk about it. But keep your eye, keep your eyes and ears out for. For more information on that front, hopefully soon. But Donnie, let's get right into our uh, our comic book review uh, for this episode. Yes, let's go on to Green Lantern number four with the creative team of Jeffrey Thorne, Tom Rainey, Marco Santucci, Michael Atia. I hope I said your name correctly. A story called Polarity. And this starts out with a very interesting first page. You see Ganthet having a conversation with Jon Stewart, who's off panel. And it seems to take place between the time that Hal Jordan walked into the battery in Emerald Twilight and before Kyle Rayner becomes the last Green Lantern. It was a very interesting conversation. And we then flash forward to Jon still on Sergilon dealing with the Quinuri Raiders. So what were your early impressions of that, Adam? Well, uh, the conversation with Gantha was interesting because, again, referencing John's past and that big event that happened to him 
uh, you know, uh, with the whole mosaic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I like that that Jeff is you know, continuing to include that part of the character's history. Likewise, yeah. And like Jeff himself said, yeah. You know, the guy who wrote that story may not be uh, a model citizen per se, but you shouldn't have to throw out a great story just because the person that wrote it is not such a desirable human being. Yeah, exactly. The story should be able to stand separate and you know, good story points should be able to be used regardless. So I'm glad that he's, he's still um, uh, finding a way to work that in. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in terms of um, the modern day stuff and him being stuck and in that precarious situation, I love it because because of John's character, you just know that he's going to work himself out of this tight spot. And he ultimately does by the end of the, of the first half of the story. Well, what we see is that the Quinuri Raiders, they're still on John's tail, and he's trying to hide with Ilo, and he uses the town foundry. He refers to it as, he was like, back on Earth, we call it a Faraday cage. On here, Sir Jalan, it's a trap. And we see that he uses his tactical smarts to ambush a Quinuri named Grebs with an energy knife. And eventually he's able to overcome that. And then he uses the flight discs to get back on the Quinuri ship. So uh, a lot of good art here out of uh, Tom Rainey. Um, draws the Quinuri very well, very villainous looking. Yes. Uh, and I really liked, uh, again, I like that image of. You know, John kind of locking the room behind Grebs and saying, you know, this is my territory now. John is using those tactical smarts to say, I might be at a disadvantage without my ring, but I'm still a hero. And, you know, I'm still very capable. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And also, um, what I liked about, you mentioned Tom Raimi's art. Um, I really like the way he draws, like like you said. He excels at at alien creatures quite a bit, Mm -hmm. like alien Mm -hmm. species. Um, But I also like, I I think he's really strong if he's showing a close-up of a character. So his close-ups on Jon Stewart's face are are, are really, you know, you really get a desired emotion. Like you can see what, you can see what Jon is going through based on on those close-ups. And I love the detail involved in those. Um, especially, um, but yeah, I, I think for me, Tom Raimi's strength is, is the elite creatures, the ships, things of that nature. I think he's really, really excels at. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. Excellent points. Now, what we see later on is that actually the Quinuri they've been tracking green lanterns and taking bounties. Yeah. And, in fact, we see a couple names that people will definitely know. There's a number of Green Lanterns that were named. Not Kiloi, uh, Moro. It seems that these, it says bounties closed. So I would have to believe that means that those characters are dead. Yeah. Um, and they even do, say, you see some names where it says deceased. Yes. And, yeah, and there are some other names that we'll talk about later on, too. 
So John gets up on the ship and he depowers the Quinuri weapons and he leaves the Quinuri raiders then to the inhabitants of Sergilon. And that reminded me a lot of actually Iron Man, the, the Iron Man movie where, you know, yeah. yeah, where he, you know, where Tony, you know, leaves that terrorist to the people of that village and he's like, he's all yours. That yeah. that kind of echoed that here. I saw that and I was like that. That's actually a very satisfying scene, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, these people. I, yeah, go ahead. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, that that reminds me of the Iron Man scene, mm -hmm. and and I love it. Like there are certain groups of people, or or certain individuals that you'd love to see get their comeuppance in that way, where the people they've wronged get to, you know, dispense justice. Right. Um, so, uh, so I, I love that scene and it's cool that we have, we had the same kind of callback when we read it. Yeah, and I, I really like, you know, the the scene, you know, what John says here, the big announcement, you know, slavers, this is the Green Lantern, your ship is mine. I told you to go, these people weren't a threat to you. You destroyed their haven. You didn't even come here looking for them. You came for me. I told you there'd be consequences. As of now, your weapons are dead. Let's see the locals decide on the consequences. So big heroic moment for John there. I really loved how that was depicted and how it was written. Yeah. So, and I like when he when he basically tells them he's like leave this place mm -hmm. don't come back I'm like I, they're, basically they're under my protection now I love how forceful he was um, even without, with, without his ring absolutely yeah, Absolutely. without his ring, you know, being powered up anyway, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Then this, the scene shifts to Oa, and we see that Joe is hearing reports, and we got some answers from the previous issue. You know, we saw Aresia Rab floating in space. We wondered if her physiology would save her. Not the case. She is confirmed as dead. Yeah. Likewise, we wondered about Isamot Cole, if maybe the harness he was wearing would save him. Not the case. He is also dead. Kyle is missing. We knew that already. Guy Gardner is missing. And, yeah, and now we, we did get to see that Rotlop fan. We saw him previously on, like, a raft kind of rowing in a rowing in a body of water somewhere. So we see that the, you know, the, uh, the Green Lantern of the F-sharp bell Core that he is okay, and we see that you know Joe gets that confirmation here. So now, now Donnie, I just gotta ask. Okay. As they were seeing those, you were seeing those names. You know, it says and it's a deceased beside him. How yeah. fast did you go scouring each page for Kyle Rayner's name to see if he was okay? <laughs> well, I, I know did. Jeff. I know Jeff told you he yeah. wasn't gonna kill him, but you know, right. I know how nervous you get when it, when it involves. Kyle. You know, uh, you know. Again, I I do have moments of trepidation. Jeff always says no one's safe. Uh, however, he said that you know he's he's given us you know uh, some hope that at least the human lanterns are going to survive in some way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 
Anyway, back the to the issue. Was, the Undertaker was busy that day taking all those Green Lantern souls. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> he visited our podcast uh, unwarranted. He can visit uh, all this <laughs> too. You know, I, as I was sitting here trying to figure out how you, I was like, what do you call the inhabitants of Sergilon? Is it Sergilinians or Sergilonites? And so, you know, I, I, I need to, you know, ask Jeff about that. But it made me think about Bobby Heenan one time. He was like, hey, Monsoon. He was like, what do you call the people of Iowa? He was like, Iowans, Iowinians. Oh, I got it. Humanoids. <laughs> uh, I'm, not say, I'm not saying that about people from Iowa. That's that's what Bobby Heenan said. So <laughs> Bobby the Brain was, was classic, man. Oh, man, he was brilliant. So. And also, yes, the term is Iowans because Brandon Ralph is an Iowan, former Superman, and right. should be Superman again, uh, in my opinion. But nobody listens to me over at Warner Brothers because why would they? Uh, they should. But anyway, continue. <laughs> well, we digress. So back on Oa, we also see that Simon Baz is helping some Ranians contain some monsters. And we see that Joe is actually taking care of Kelly Quintella. And she's trying to kind of bring her into the fold and get her on the same page as the Green Lanterns, mm-hmm. including some grooming um, that she that she does with Kelly, which I thought was absolutely hilarious when she uses a construct to comb her hair. And, uh, yeah, and it, it's funny, too. You see that um, I like how Kelly still uses the Spanish and yes. you see that Joe's but is like, that Spanish uh, or is that Portuguese, uh, Donnie? I'm not sure. Uh, I remember, well, for some yeah. reason, I remember Jeff saying it was Portuguese. Maybe, maybe it was, yeah. Or maybe I'm delusional. But... Well, I mean, you know, anyway. So awesome. I like that, you know, it's – I like the fact that she uses the, the two languages that, you know, because there are a lot of people who are bilingual – and they will move oh, yeah. in and out of their different languages. Oh, you know, because absolutely. My, 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 my aunt does that all the time. Yeah. Like she'll start a conversation in English. And then next thing you know, it's the time. Right. And, and yeah, people, I mean, it's reflective for them because they have these two different languages that they speak in. So it's another element of reality that I think Jeff, Jeff gets here that I really do like. And just so. a 411, usually when she switches to Italian, it involves a square word or two. Just, uh, <laughs> and I've subsequently adopted that strategy again when watching Leaf, Leaf games. Like, if you sit with me while I'm watching a Leaf game, you're going to pick up a lot of Italian words. Not ones that you'd want to say in public to people's faces, but you'll learn them. <laughs> so now we get some really important dialogue later on with Paya Fell when she is talking with Joe. Yeah. And we see that the Guardians, we see the Guardians in kind of this crumpled mass, kind of floating. Yeah, like Stasis kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what is said about them is that they're either dead or that they are very close to death and they're lingering in kind of this temporal lag, that they're an impression from the past, but they're obviously in grave danger. So we wondered about the battery blowing up, how that affected the Guardians. Grave danger, was that a pun? Ah. Is that a dad, a dad joke reference? <laughs> you got that, did you? So, <laughs> oh, wasn't it uh, Mercutio who said, uh, you know, after he got stabbed in Romeo and Juliet, if you speak to me on the morrow, you will find me a grave man. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, yes, indeed. Right. And that's why you tune into these podcasts. Of course, well, like see, you'll learn some Italian follow language. You'll learn some Shakespeare, a bit of everything. A little bit of everything. <laughs> so what uh, Fell tells Joe also is that the battery blowing up, and this is important, it wasn't just an explosion. It was a disassembling on the quantum level. And that's why everybody who was in any way connected to that energy, connected to the energy of the battery, yeah, including the Guardians, they are affected. And so Joe was like, there's no way this is natural. This was a hit. Yes. But now my question is, because it was disassembled, could it somehow be reassembled? When they say on a quantum level, I'm going to say no. And Jeff has told us that that battery is gone. But Ant-Man, not Ant-Man, sorry. um, (laughs) The other guy. Come on, I'm out. The Adam. The Adam, okay. He can go quantum, can he? Right, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I know Jeff said no, but... You know, it's possible, and Jeff could always change his mind, but I think that battery's gone. You really threw me for a loop there. You're like, Ant, now. I was like, Ant, man. (laughs) Don't worry. Bruce Wayne will pay for a new one. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Why not? (laughs) So they're wondering who had... Phil Bubble would love that. Can you imagine Bruce Wayne paid for the reconstruction of that? I'm sure Phil would enjoy that thoroughly. I'd say we, you know, we... Uh, it would be funny to get him on the podcast to talk about that, but it definitely oh, wouldn't be PG-13. Oh, yeah, we'd, we'd have to put a big warning label on that podcast. I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting for the Simon Baz casting announcement because I want to invite him out for that one. <laughs> uh, so the names oh, that are mentioned as – yeah, we love you, Phil. Um, oh, the names that are mentioned as possibly being behind this, Red Lanterns, Controllers – the Bright Circle, the Reach, you know, the World Conquerors, the Reach, who had such a big conflict with the Green Lantern yeah. Corps, and of course, the ruler of New Corrigar, Sinestro. It's got to be Sinestro. Come on. I've got to believe that he's involved somehow. I, yeah. you know, I don't think the answer is going to be obvious, though. I think Jeff is kind of setting us up in ways that will make us go in different directions, and then he's going to pull something that's going to yeah, be really like surprising. Maybe, maybe he's working with somebody. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because I, I'm not one. I'm not a Spanish or Portuguese uh, speaker, mm-hmm. so I don't know what the hell Kelly was saying when she was rambling on in another language. But I, but I do. I did pick up so very little of the wording, and I could have sworn she said yellow. She one of the words she kept saying is yellow. So she's now, I don't a, remember that. I, I did look up some of what she was saying, and when she was close to the Guardian, she was like, you know, they're all alone. Yeah. And she said, you know, she said something about monsters, and then she said, you know, when you see her take off, she's like, I'm going to go do something. Now, the thing that I, that I want to point out there, by the way, the, art, the, the close-up of Kelly, really magnificent. Yeah, um, and in the in this second story, if you will, it's all part of one, but it's the, the second, second part of the, the story, right? Story, yeah, and the art is once again done by uh, Marco Santucci. Marco Santucci, yeah. Fellow Italian, I just want to point that out. 
you know, he's actually Italian, I'm Italian descent. And I just, on uh, a quick aside, as of this recording, uh, it is the night before the World Cup final. And there's a war, Stephen. Uh, uh, <laughs> Donnie, whatever your name is. Donnie, there's a war happening between me it, and Stephen. Yeah. Multiverse using civil war. <laughs> yes, uh, there's a war happening. And I just want to apprise people of the bet. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, they'll know who won. But the bet is this. If, it, if Italy wins, Stephen has to make his Twitter account a Klana, a Smallville Klana Stan account. <laughs> for a week because you know I, my original bet was well if, if Italy wins you have to stop drinking tea for, for, for a week and if, if, if England wins I'll stop drinking coffee for a week but uh, Alfred couldn't do that because he needs tea to you know wake up in the morning okay. so he, he, he vetoed that idea so I came up with this idea so if, the bet is if, if Italy wins Stephen's Twitter account will become a, a, a Klana Stan account. Okay. And heaven forbid England wins, my account will begrudgingly become a West Island Stan <laughs> account from the Flash TV show. So uh, I just want to say, Team, team Italy, if, you, if you're watching this, none, none of you are. But if you don't win the Euro final, I'm going to be more disappointed in you than I am with the Leafs. That's a whole heap of disappointment. Wow, so be forewarned. That, that's saying something, yeah. So be well, forewarned. So. Either way, I'm going to be entertained by this, so I well, will yeah, either way. But, and you know, if we start arguing on the next episode because of the outcome of the, of the, of the final, you know, we have a safe word, uh, Donnie. You know what the safe word is? Why don't you tell me? It's Martha. Why did you say that name? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Well... And, you know, there's an interesting scene here, too, with, with Kelly at the end. Yeah. And I just want to theorize. Okay, PFL says Kelly's suffering from PTSD. Her reaction, though, when she sees the Guardian suffering mm. and when she flies off, I wonder if there's more going on there than just a psychological reaction. I'm wondering if her getting close to that energy from the Guardians has somehow affected her with rage or fear or something that may be entangled with the Guardians because her reaction was very swift and very violent. And it seemed more, it seemed to me like it was more than just PTSD. Now, again, it may turn out that I'm wrong on that, but that's how this issue ends is with Kelly flying off to New Kuragar, seemingly to make Sinestro pay. Yeah, I, 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 it definitely does seem like more than that. Mm -hmm. Now, are you suggesting that her and Sinestro have a, a prior? No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying that getting close to the Guardians, I think, may have affected her gauntlet. Oh, okay, I see. Or something like that, because it seemed like, it's like, all of a sudden she was just like, First, she was, you know, very, you know, sad and taken aback by the scene of the Guardian just kind of floating there in pain. And then all of a sudden, she's angry. She's ready for battle. And it happens so quickly and so violently. And I'm like, now, is that just the psychological reaction? Is that just PTSD? Or is that something else that is like messing with the gauntlet and, 
you know, by extension, her mind. So that's what I wonder about that. So, yeah. Definitely could, you definitely might be onto something there. Being that close to the Guardians could have affected the, yeah, for sure. With, with what has, again, we're talking about, you know, a, you know, a, a, a quantum, a quantum explosion. That's, that's what we're dealing with here. So the effects of that, I don't think we're, we're meant to understand that fully yet. So there could be something that is affecting Kelly here. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. But either way, Joe has a lot of problems on her hands dealing with I do Kelly. I do, I do love the back and forth between them. Oh, yeah. It's very different than the back and forth between Kelly and Simon. Right. Yeah. It's more of a, it's more of a parental thing. You know, she is, you know, trying to kind yeah, of whip her, her into shape. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her and her and Joel don't really get along. It's, it really is like a mother and a daughter. Right. Yeah. Like there's, there's issues there. Whereas with Simon, it's like her bigger brother. So they can kind yeah. of confine. Yeah. yeah. I really like how Jeff is handling these, these, these relationships. These, these yeah. Relationships. The, the interactions are very yeah. well done. And so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and I know what that's like, you know, having a daughter. In, in fact, you know, one of my daughters, you know, I had she keeps chewing electrical cords. That's not very Yeah, and you know, and so I had to ground her. I had to, you know, ground her till she learned to conduct herself properly. <laughs> Donnie, have you have you run out of food in your in your fridges? No, you didn't get that joke, I guess. I said I had to ground her till oh, she I learns didn't... to conduct herself oh, properly. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I, catch that. <laughs> I had to get one dad joke in. <laughs> My, My daughter does not actually chew chew cords. the food to Oh, she's not okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say, wait a minute, what's going on in your house? I mean, is there a food shortage over there where you are? Like, what's going on? Okay, it's all for the joke. Uh, I, I had to get a dad joke in before we end the podcast. Uh, so yeah, kudos so. to your to your effort. There. That was very well done. You had me fooled. I was like, really? She's eating electrical? There's something going on there. Here you go. Here's the shocking. Donnie bought both covers. <laughs> Green Lancer number four, both copies. So, magnificent covers. Donnie's purchasing of variant covers is almost as predictable as, as uh, you know, certain celebrities or actresses being on my multiverse wise list. Uh, there you go. I, I mean, it's like right up there, we both have problems. Donnie's is variant covers. Mine is the growing continual list of the multiverse wise list. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, uh, both covers were great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to bring up about the issue before we uh, rate it and close this thing out? No, I really like how things are progressing here, and it seems like the action is about to take another notch. It's about to, you know, increase yeah. again. Oh, this um, book, this book, yeah. like I said, for me, it's been a renaissance for Green Lantern. Like, I liked Volume 1 of Grant Morrison's story. Volume 2 kind of lost me, you know. Um, I'm just 50-50 with stuff that Grant... Grant writes. It's just what it is, but this has been such a. It's it's the it's the refresh that that I that I I needed, mm-hmm. and you know Jeff and and company are really four for four here. Mm-hmm. This is top notch Green Lantern storytelling. Yeah, might be. Yep. So with that said, let's rate it. So Donnie, go for it. Uh, again, with this, I'm going to give the art a five, and I'm going to give the writing a five. This one was another, um, yeah, not anything to complain about this time. It, again, it's the story is moving along, and at the same time, there are still, you know, that we're picking up the, you know, the threads of this mystery 
And so it's still enticing to say, oh, what's going to happen next? But at the same time, we're getting action. We're getting character development. I think this is moving along very well. I'm yeah. very excited to see where this goes. So, like, I, I just every issue leaves me wanting more, and I, I think that's the mark of a of a perfect comic. If if there if a comic comes on and says, "All right, that was that was cool. I'm done." Like you know, if if you're satisfied midway through the story and say, "All right, cool, see ya," yeah. that's not the reaction you want. You want people wanting to come back for more and. Uh, and and Jeff and team certainly deliver that. So yeah, um, my rating. Uh, story. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say four and a half. Okay. Out of five, and art four and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you, though. I definitely like the the depictions of all the aliens in this. And that's, you know, uh, and I know, you know, some people are just like, oh, he's just going to write a Jon Stewart story, and that's the only character he's going to concentrate on. Obviously, that has not been the case. And we see a lot of the backdrops that we have come to know and love as Green Lantern fans. Yeah, yeah. Like, Uh, and and the reason why the art is not a five is because, and again, it's great work, uh, mm -hmm. so I'm not, I'm not, not being... Not being negative, I'm you know, trying not to be negative, but there were certain moments where the the imagery in the first story, where where certain things looked a little off to me. Okay. Um, especially when John Stewart was on the page. Okay. Like some some imagery, like in certain spots, um, I, I thought. Like close-ups on the face, because he did that both with the alien creatures and with John Stewart, mm-hmm. were really solid. You really get the you know the range of emotion. But there were a couple of shots where John kind of looked like he was drawn by Frank Miller, circa Dark Knight Strikes Again. Okay. And it's like that's not my favorite. So like, yeah, not your cup of tea. The, the fact that it gave me that kind of comic, I was like, oh. You know, it's not like a but but again, then he would he would use there would be another image that he would write itself again. So sure. just certain little things had their moments where they felt off to me. But still, Tom Rainey, I'm not taking anything away from his ability. He's great. Just certain things didn't work for me. Okay. And then Marco Santucci, my God, is I mean the guy. Like I said, he could draw anything, and yeah. I would be you know. And, and I will say this, Jeff is getting there for me with doing the one thing that I'm not sure he, when he set out, I was like, can you make me care about Kelly Quintella? Because, you know, again, this is not a character. Starting to care who, about her, Donnie? Yeah, starting to, you know, there's a, enough development there to say, okay, this character is starting to get interesting. Because, right. again, we're not talking about a Green Lantern mainstay character. We're talking about a Young Justice character that... Again, very recent and not a lot of development. He's starting to make some of those changes yeah. and make her interesting. So agreed. Yeah, I agree. He's he's, yeah. he's making that character interesting. I, I gotta give him credit for that. Be very so, interesting to see what happens when she next issue when she you know I I'm assuming she does confront Sinestro in some way. So oh, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a blast because yeah. 
she's going to have, like, she's going to go full tilt. You know how teenagers are. Their emotions are, are haywire. And he's probably going to look at her at first and like brush her off and say, you know, get lost, right? right. I can imagine Sinestro doing some form of that. So it would be interesting to find out what, how that shakes out. But overall, to, uh, before we, 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 we get out of here, I, I just think that Jeff Thorne and his team have produced another shining light in the Green Lantern uh, mythology. So, well done, team. Mm -hmm. um, but that brings this episode to a close, Donnie. Um, if people want to find you and continue the conversation regarding Green Lantern, where do they do that? If you want to find me, you can do so. On Twitter, I am the Emerald Enthusiast. Let's talk comics, let's talk collectibles, let's talk Green Lantern. Awesome. And if you want to find me, it's at Adam underscore Lee's fan on Twitter. Uh, and there's a Facebook page, the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network page. Uh, go there. Uh, the link is in the description. Uh, click the link. Ask for permission to join, and I will happily add you, and we can continue the conversation there. Um, the show network also has a Twitter account, at MMNPDC. Uh, go there, and um, that's mainly where I drop just the links uh, to the episodes. Uh, but again, if somebody starts a, a conversation with me there, I'll gladly answer or converse there too. So, uh, yeah, find us on the socials and, and interact with us. Tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you think of these stories. Mm -hmm. And let's keep the conversation going. Don't forget and, to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Indeed, please do. And uh, in, in, in addition to that, uh, just know that... <laughs> you just kind of phased out to your background there for oh. a second. That was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm like you stepped through a wormhole. <laughs> I'm disappearing. But uh, in addition to all that, um, you know, just uh, keep supporting the comic book industry, whether you get your uh, books physically or digitally, uh, buy them and support the, 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 the companies and the creators that bring you these great stories. And until next time, that Green Lantern is forever. From the first time Kelly speaks in both languages <laughs> to the last. So long, everybody. So long, everyone.